Today with Catherine Ruinala. You see, if we don't posture ourselves to receive with honor, what we do is limit our ability to receive. The Bible says, receive a prophet in the name of a prophet and you receive a prophet's reward. Well, it's the same with any form of honor. When you honor someone, you deliberately posture your heart to receive from them. And as you posture your heart to receive, you're able to be blessed. Um, it talks about this a lot in the Word of God. It talks about this, um, it says don't, in Timothy it tells us to not rebuke an older man, but exhort him as a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters with all purity. We're told to honor and to respect. Romans 12 verse 10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. And I look at that and I think, well, this is so true. When we learn to honor our mother and our father or we honor an older person, when we do that, what we do is we are actually posturing ourselves to be able to receive from their experience. But sadly, I see a little bit of a decline in our culture where I see parents are teaching their kids, you know, call my adult friend by their first name. And that might be fine, you might feel comfortable with that, but what you're doing is actually undermining their ability to honor and receive. You see, when you honor, when you so honor, you reap honor. When you so respect, you reap respect. Hallelujah. And I, I look at it, it can, be, it can be demonstrated throughout our walk as Christians. This is a very practical, applicable word, but I really believe that the church is not meant to follow the trends of culture, but to set the culture. And that, you know, we're, we're good in Australia. We, we call each other mate, and, and it's a good thing. You know, when someone's going up to a stranger and they say, hey, mate, they're immediately posturing that person with an understanding, I'm not your adversary and I don't consider you my adversary. It's a good thing. You know, so, and you see, even sometimes the police will do that. They'll say, hey, mate, and it's immediately a non-confrontational thing. I'm not considering you an, ad, uh, an adversary. I'm wanting, to, I'm wanting to help. And that's a good thing. But, you know, there are opportunities all the time that we can take to be people of honor and I believe that when we learn what it looks like to be people of honor, we actually uh, start to develop a culture that we are known by our love. When we honor, it's a demonstration of love. It's a demonstration of respect. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all our young people were known for their respect and their honor, if they went out of their way to be honoring and respectful, because in doing so, I believe we'll become richer. You see, um, when we come before somebody, and um, so say if you're in your 20s and you start talking to somebody in their 60s and you call them by their first name, that's nice, you're having a conversation. 
But if you go out of your way to call them Mr. or Mrs. or Doctor or Pastor, or whatever it might be, it might feel against the grain of, of your culture. But what you're doing is you're immediately telling them, I respect you. And in saying, I respect you, you are gaining their respect. And in sowing respect, you're immediately reminding them, hey, I've got something to bless you with. That this person is posturing themselves in a way that I could encourage them or I could bless them. You're very quiet out there. But I believe that if we would learn what it looks like to live lives of honor, we will experience honor, respect, and blessing beyond what we've experienced before. It's, you know, I, I love it when I watch um, some of our older people coming up the stairs carrying their bags you know, for academy, and, you know, and, and one of our young people runs and grabs their bag and says, let me carry that for you. What that, what that communicates is honor. You do that because you're an honorable person. Or when um, someone gives up their seat on the bus. I, I've seen it. You know, mothers with hip babies on their hips and 20-year-old and men, fit and healthy, sit there and don't even notice. And I think, ah, oh, they haven't been taught. They don't understand honor. And I've even spoken to some people about it, and they've said, well, you know, I don't want to do that because someone might get mad at me, they might, you know, might get upset, they might... And, I, you know, people do sometimes. But if, if, if you are a young man and you get up and you give your seat to a lady, and she says, who do you think you are? I don't need you, blah, 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 or makes a fuss, you can say, no worries, no offense. But I'll tell you, you've just earned the respect of that whole bus. I'd rather be a person of honor and receive a few rebuffs than be known for my selfishness. What about people caring for their elderly parents? I'm going to go there. You know, I look at other cultures around the world and I see them paying a price to look after their parents, to honor them, to respect them. Now, I understand sometimes um, for their own sake, people need to go into care, but sometimes people are put into care because their kids don't care. I believe as Christians, we should be known by our love, not for what we can get, but for what we can give. Hallelujah. You know, my mother taught me when I was growing up, and I, you know, I know I'm sounding old-fashioned here, but... When, my, when I was growing up, my mum taught me that if you're making your, your meals, don't take the best piece of meat for yourself. Give that to your husband. That's what she'd tell me. And you, uh, you're, you're amening then, Trevor. <laughs> Truth is, now, I don't cook the meat. Tom is much better at cooking the steaks than I am. I'll make the salad, and I'll give him the best part of the salad, but... <laughs> But you know, it's a principle. Don't get mad at me, ladies. But I want to tell you, it's important that we start to teach our next generation the value of honor. 
the value of selfless living, the value of preferencing one another instead of seeking our own. You know, uh, as the scripture tells us, um, his, his, his delight is that we would honor and that we would give preference to one another. Yet often in Western society, we're taught all about the individual and your rights. Stand up for your rights. But you know what? The Bible, when you study it, really doesn't have a lot to say about you standing up for your rights. It's more about you losing your life and laying it down and rather being wronged so that you can demonstrate honor and love. It tells us, um, Matthew chapter 5, I mean, Jesus was extreme. He really was. He just went over the top with honor. I'm being sarcastic, sorry. Sarcasm's the lowest form of wit. Matthew chapter 5, verse 39. But I tell you not to resist an evil person. This is Jesus speaking. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn to him the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. He was telling the Jewish people this in the context of a Roman occupation that was absolutely unjust. They were unjustly taxing the people, unjustly. Often, you know, the soldiers would just grab somebody and say, carry this for a mile. And instead of encouraging people to actively resist and say, I don't need to do that, I know my rights, he'd say, if someone tells you to do that unjustly, don't stand up to them and tell them your rights. Do it cheerfully and say, let me take it another mile for you as well. Why? Because it turns the table. Instead of them being victims, they become people of honor. Hi, friends. For so many years, I lived with condemnation, frustrated that I didn't fully measure up. Then the Holy Spirit began to reveal the truth that I was loved, set free, and defined by the performance of Jesus, not by my good works. Such a basic truth, but I didn't really understand it. Let me help you fully grasp the goodness of God and how He's designed us to live supernaturally as new creations. Imagine if you were truly supernaturally free from sin and shame, free to follow the desires that God's placed in your heart. In my new book, Supernatural Freedom, I give you simple keys to unlock the freedom that you were designed to live in every day. You see, we've developed subconsciously a victim mentality in our society rather than a, a, a mentality of such as I have, I will give. I am highly favored and privileged because my Father is in heaven, because He is my God. Hallelujah. Taxes. I mean, if anybody didn't have to pay taxes, you'd think it would be Jesus. The Romans 
unjustly, unfairly overtaxed the Jewish people. And you would expect that the people would have been hoping Jesus would say, look, just actively resist it. It's your right to resist these oppressors. He didn't do that though. When Peter said, we've got to pay our taxes, he says, hey, I'll tell you what, go fishing, there's gonna be a, some coins in the, the fish's mouth, there'll be a coin in the first fish's mouth that you catch, and, um, and, I'll, and God will provide for us. He'll pay for your taxes and my taxes. And he did, hallelujah. He told him, go to work, God will provide for you. There's a message, praise the Lord. Oh, you gotta still love me after this. But there are times we are encouraged to stand up against authority when there is injustice. As in, for example, I look biblically, when Peter and John were brought before the Sanhedrin and they were warned, don't you preach in that name anymore. Well, that was not an opportunity to turn the other cheek. That was an opportunity to say, and they did so respectfully, what is better that we obey you or obey God? We must obey God. And so they preached the gospel. Um, I tell you, if we were living in a country where we were not allowed to preach the gospel, we were not allowed forever to gather together, I would probably be on the forefront of the underground church because it is a, it's a, it's a, a biblical command. It would be a sin not to. So if ever the government told me something I had to do that was a sin, then that would be a reason not to do it. But if they asked me to wear a mask, Whoa. maybe I should do it. TV people don't have to wear masks. This is true, praise the Lord. But seriously, or if they, if they say, hey, um, don't go to work if you've got a cold. You could say, well, it's my right to do what I want to do. Or you could make a point of saying, I'm going to be an honorable person. And even if I might not agree with it, I'm going to do it because as far as possible, do what's right in the eyes of everybody. And if it's not a sin, then I have an opportunity to go the extra mile. I'm just being, trying to be very practical here. I'm not saying masks are good or this is good or that's good. What I'm saying is our posture shouldn't be to fight authority. Our posture should be to preach the gospel, to honor God and to honor one another and as far as possible, live at peace with everybody. Being rebellious just for the sake of being rebellious is not biblical, it is not honoring, and it will not bring you honor. If you sow honor, you'll reap honor. I think about people like Pastor Beck and Pastor Aaron. I've been working with them for 10 years, and, um, but you know, and they visit often, they live close by, they're good friends. And they'll, they'll ring up and say, can we come around to visit? And every time they come, they've got something. They've got a custard tart and coffees and then, you know, I don't need any of that. Really like it. I don't need it, but, but they do it 
every time because that's the way they've been brought up. This is a form of honour. It's not because they think those people never have anything to eat. <laughs> and you know what? Every time they do, I'm reminded, wow, they are really honourable people. When we go visiting someone's house, it's, I was taught, take something. Why? Because it's the honourable thing to do. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Hallelujah. These sort of basic principles, are, are, you might think, what's that got to do with the Bible? Well, it's all about living lives of honour, of looking for every opportunity to be a blessing, to posture yourself to receive by honouring and receiving a blessing from someone who has more experience than us. Acts chapter 20 verse 35 says, remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it's more blessed to give than to receive. What if we had the opportunity to be a blessing, to look for opportunities to honour. If, if, uh, if you're a young person and an adult says, oh, just call me by my first name, you can say thank you very much and you can continue to call them by their title just to show them honour. To be known as people who intentionally, deliberately honour because in doing so, we are giving honor to God. The Bible says, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me. There's a fascinating um, passage of scripture that say, talks about slaves. And it's certainly not God endorsing slavery. In Matthew, he says, slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Like, what? Jesus, why aren't you telling them to rebel against that? It's unjust. Because he was more concerned in the example that the world would see through them than he was concerned about them exerting their rights. It's very counter-cultural. It's the Bible. It's offensive. But I tell you, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And he understands that the kingdom of God, eternity, and people being saved to know him is way more important than you getting what you deserve. He says, if you will lose your life, you'll find it. If you will give, it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. If you sow honour, you will reap honour. If you serve an unjust master and you do so joyfully, how great will your reward be? 
You know, I really believe that as people, we need to start looking afresh at the Bible and what the Word of God says and learning how to practically live. The Bible is not old-fashioned. The Bible teaches us the way of life. Some people say, well, I don't want to honor my parents. They don't deserve honor. They haven't done anything to deserve honor. But if instead you choose to honor them and you choose to, to respect them, what you do is you posture their hearts to receive from you because in sowing honor, you will also reap it and perhaps get the opportunity to share the love of Christ. You could, out of judgment, withhold the honor, trying to teach them a lesson. But I tell you, it's the goodness and kindness of God that will lead them to repentance. And you and I, learning how to honor, will change the world. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. It's a very practical message, and I'm going to get back to... Give us this day our daily bread. I've got so much revelation on it. I'm busting to talk to you about it. Because God wants, wants to bless us. He wants to help us. He wants to be more intimately involved in your life than you've ever understood. It's so wonderful. Life with him is abundant life. Hallelujah. But I, I'm so excited about our memory verse this week. We ought then to live like him. And the Bible tells us how to live like him. Yet social media, the world will tell you to fight for your rights. There are things you should fight for. We should fight for the life of the unborn. We should fight for, for things that are right. But let me tell you, you don't need to fight for the things that are not sin, but inconvenient or perhaps you don't agree with or don't like, you have an opportunity then to go the extra mile to demonstrate what Christianity actually is supposed to look like. I want us to be known by our love for one another, not for our selfishness. Hallelujah. I'm being mama today, but I hope you still love me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll preach it anyway, whether you do or you don't, <laughs> because I love you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. God, we love you. Lord, help us to be a people of honor. Lord, help us to look for ways to honor that we might posture ourselves to be blessed, that we may posture ourselves to manifest the kingdom, to honor you in all that we do, in every good word and work. God, help us. Lord, I pray that for those who are employees, many of whom are working at home, Lord, when their employer's eyes aren't on them, Lord, let them go above and beyond the call of duty. Let them be known as exemplary employees because they are people of honor, because they are Christians, because they are believers. God, for mothers and fathers, husbands and wives, let them honor one another. Let them prefer one another. Let them look for opportunity to bless each other rather than seeking their own needs. 
Father, help us to prefer one another, to live lives of honor, that we might honor you, Lord God, in all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to ask you today, if you're here and you know in your heart you aren't walking with God, God invites every one of us into eternal life, into fellowship with him. But we can't have eternal life, the Bible says, unless we receive the gift of salvation, which comes only through his son, Jesus Christ, the son of God who came and was born on earth as a man, lived a sinless life, was unjustly, cruelly murdered. He died and he rose again, taking upon him the sin of the whole world, the punishment for your sin and mine before we were ever even born. And he offers us the gift of forgiveness unconditional forgiveness that wipes it away and never even recalls your sin. All he asks is that you will repent, that you'll return from your sin, you'll give it over to him and receive his mercy and his life and his forgiveness in return, that you'll give him your life and receive his life in return. As you engage in this divine exchange by faith, you, you don't earn salvation you humble yourself and you receive what God delights to give you. If you're here and you know in your heart you want to make that choice, that deliberate choice to say, yes, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. I want to pray for you today. Is there anyone here that says, yes, let today be the day that I give my life to Christ? Is anyone here today? Perhaps if you're watching online and you know in your heart you haven't made that choice, to receive Jesus as Lord, I want to encourage you. Open your heart, talk to him and say, Lord, I need salvation. I understand the wages of sin is death. I cannot inherit eternal life without Jesus being my Lord and Savior. So Lord, I invite you to be my Lord, my Savior. I give you my sin and I receive your mercy in exchange. Help me, fill me with your spirit. And you can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will come into your life and make you a new creation, everlasting life. He'll give you power to be different. Hallelujah. He is a good, good father. Amen. Amen.